0: Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us and welcome to the Yield Mastermind Talks Podcast with your host, Philip Brandazzo. And we are live. Hello, Yield Mastermind Talks podcast. This is your host, Philip Randazzo. Thank you once again for tuning in to another episode of the Yield Mastermind Talks podcast. And today, we have an exclusive one-on-one interview slash conversation, more like a conversation. It's super laid back. We get to dive deep into these thought leaders, these people who are achieving things at a very high level. We have today with us, Mr. Jay Morse. And let me just dive in to Jay's bio here because this is one of those guys who is accomplishing accomplishing things on an insanely high level, but doing it in a way that is bringing so much benefit to others. It's absolutely awesome. So Jay was actually born on the U.S. side of the Mexico-U.S. border. He was actually born given the name Jose. He'll dive into why that was in the show, so stay tuned. But he lived his the first eighteen months of his life in Mexico. He then played sports in high school, got involved in ROTC. He was then a in the U.S. Army, uh, where he served for about twenty years. He's going to talk a little bit more about that. But he went to flight school as a helicopter pilot. He went to airborne school. He was then uh, uh, given the opportunity to to go study law at the University of Arizona in Tucson under the Army. He was a part of a huge case with the Army. He also has his own travel blog where he posts incredible, incredible pictures. Uh, He has his own company where he helps teach leadership to other lawyers. I mean, Jay does it all, but just wait until you hear my conversation with him. He does it in such a way that's going to inspire you. He doesn't You know, look, I'm going to stop talking. I'm going to let the conversation speak for itself. Guys, please enjoy my conversation with Mr. Jay Morse. You are listening to the Yield Mastermind Talks podcast. Enjoy the show. Today's episode is sponsored by Rocket Fuel 101. Now, guys, if you're looking for a book that's going to help give you a framework to succeed, to reach your goals, to accomplish those things you've always wanted to accomplish, to take that leap of faith, maybe get you out of your comfort zone a little bit, you know, you might be a person that isn't quite sold on personal development books, self-help books, maybe you're a young person, who doesn't feel like the books relate to you, you could be any age, rocket fuel 101 is a six step process that's going to propel you towards your goals and stop you from drifting through life. This is one of those books that's going to provide you with a framework. This six step process is going to help you figure out your passions, pick a trajectory, you know, launch your mission, go ahead, set those goals Go 100% at it. You're going to bring people along with you. You're going to find a mastermind network. There's so many things that this book is going to give you. You do not want to miss out on getting a copy for yourself. And in sponsoring the show, Rocket Fuel 101 is going to give you 15% off any and all purchases of books, whether it be the hard copy or ebook. All you have to do is go to the Rocket Fuel 101 numbers rocketfuel101book.com again that's the rocketfuel101book.com and when you're at the checkout type in the promo code podcast that's promo code podcast you are going to receive 15% off your purchase and this is something it's not a one time deal you will get this no matter how many purchases you make all right so here's what i want you guys to do in this order go to the rocketfuel101book.com Get yourself, your friends, your family, whoever you want. Get them a copy of the book. Enter promo code podcast and start reading. You guys don't want to miss out on this. Jay, how's it going? Hey, Philip, I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Jay, I'm glad we got you on the show. I am uh, I'm grateful to
1: be here and I'm honored to have the, uh, the opportunity to take part in this and I, I hope I have something to offer.
0: And, and just to clarify, Jay, you have a ton to offer after going through all the stuff that you've sent over to me, and and we wouldn't have you on the show if, if not otherwise. And first and foremost, I want to say thank you for your service. For those of you listening, Jay is a veteran of the U.S. Army, and uh, that's just one little piece of Jay's background. He has a lot going on that he's going to share with us today. So, Jay, if you wouldn't mind just kind of taking us through... Uh, A quick bullet point uh, history of your life, kind of what brought you to to be who you are and where you are today. Um,
1: Sure, I uh, first say uh, thank you for for saying thank thanking me for my own service. It's always a little bit um, uh, awkward and how to how to respond to that, but um, the bottom line is I am always grateful to to hear it, and I encourage um, everyone else when you do see a man or a woman wearing a uniform. Um, to thank them for their service, their services as well. It's important. It's important for us to hear it. Great. Um, great. So I grew up in uh, a little bit in um, Washington State, a little bit in Mexico, but my home uh, is and always will be Nevada. Um, I grew up in a small town about an hour south of Reno called Yerington, uh, with a a huge extended family, and the desert really is uh, um, is in my blood and sort of continues to to be what I think of as uh, as home. Um, I've been in the, or was in the army for a little over 20 years. Um, I think, uh, a lot of my background has to do with, um, the things I think that have inspired me throughout my life to do different things, whether that was the military or go to law school, um, active participation in sports, uh, just the sort of world community in general has always been, um, this sort of desire to be part of something, um, something bigger than myself. So that's always sort of driven where I've been and and where I want to go as well. I live in Washington DC right now. Um, I work at a non-governmental organization called civilians in conflict. Um, after serving 20 plus years in the mil in the military where my job was to support, um, war fighters. Um, my job now is to advocate on behalf of civilians who are affected by combat uh, or conflict
0: around the world. I love it. And, uh, We've we've had quite a few uh, military and veterans as guests on the show, and one of the things that they always speak about is is the leadership qualities that they have attained through their service. And so, if you wouldn't mind just kind of shedding some light on that, I know that you are a big proponent of leadership in all areas. And so what did you learn from your experiences? It could be in the army and it could be, could be throughout your entire life, but what have you learned um, in terms of leadership and and why is that such an important quality for not just young people, but for everybody? So (laughs) I guess a a few things. One is that
1: I think the reasons that um, this is both obviously my personal experience, but some of my observations over the years as well is that I think the reasons that people join the military are different than the reasons why people stay in the military, whether that's for uh, you know a second term of enlistment or um, for somebody who chose to make it a career and, and eventually retire from the military. So I, I actually joined because um, when I was in high school, I decided I wanted to be the president, uh, and I thought that military service was uh, a good way to to sort of start down that path. Um, on top of that, I. I applied for and received an ROTC scholarship, uh, to a school in Colorado Springs called the Colorado college, um, which was very expensive and still is. And the ROTC scholarship was a way to pay for that. Um, that quickly, uh, after being in the service for a short period of time, those reasons that, that draws you to the military, um, they change a little bit. The reasons that you stay in the military change. Um, I think the, the, the biggest thing is this, I think this notion of sacrifice. So you really learn, uh, once you get out of, you know, the small town that you're in or, or out of that environment, those controlled environments that are set up for you really that are, are created for you when you're, you know, when you go to high school, because that's by the choice of your parents, that's, that's the environment you grow up in wherever they decide to live. Um, once you get out of that and, um, for me, and I think for other services members as well is that you become part of this other team or this other family, and what they really teach you is is sacrifice um, you 're doing this thing for the good of your country um, you 're sacrificing some of your own rights you are potentially sacrificing um, your own life uh, you are sacrificing sort of freedom of movement to go wherever you want because you 've chosen to be part of this this other thing um, so they they really they really train and you learn this notion of, of sacrificing yourself for the good of something bigger than you. Um, and and whether that is, is risking sacrificing your life or really just sacrificing your own personal interests for the good of the team. Um, and, and, I think that is what one being part of something bigger than myself. Um, but two being around people who shared that sort of common desire. So this is a little bit about, about what I think attracted me to the military, what kept me in the military but then that also um, segues into your other question about this leadership idea. And that's just being part of an organization of, of like-minded people um, and like-minded in the sense of, of wanting to be part of the same thing. Um, the military is a, is a good cross-section of, of society. And I, I served with people who had, um, came from very, very different socioeconomic backgrounds, um, who had very different religious beliefs than I had um different cultural beliefs, different ethnicities, some people even from from different countries. But you all put you put whatever differences you have aside to be part of this thing that is um that you've all bought into and that's bigger than you. Um as a leader, in some senses that's very easy to motivate that group because they all have this this shared ideal, mm-hmm. right? If for I think for a lot of your listeners, um uh you you might have someone who's who's an entrepreneur starting a new mission or whatever it might be, and your challenge, uh, I think, as an as an entrepreneur, um, your challenge is to f- to figure out what your mission is. Um, what does my company stand for? What's my my company's mission? What are our ethics or our ethos? And you try to you try to form something that that you and all your employees can get behind and say this is this is what it means to be part of of this particular organization. Um, I think that is the the uh, I think that's the leadership challenge that kept me in the military and and something that uh, I quickly realized was something I wanted to focus on both both in the military and, and after as well.
0: Yeah, and, and yeah, I that love is- that idea of sacrifice and it not having to be a bad thing. I think a lot of times when people think of sacrifice, they think of something that takes away from them in, in whatever negative way and to look at it in that light to say, okay, instead of Thinking as sacrifice as a bad thing, you know I'm going to sacrifice some of you know whatever I'm looking to do personally to help somebody else out, and I'm sure as you know and as and as I know personally that when you do that, when you sacrifice yourself to help somebody else, ultimately you get it back times ten. It's it's such a rewarding experience. I love that idea, and you hit on something else that I think uh, that we've spoken about a, a little bit, and that I think would be an interesting conversation for the audience and. You talk about religious beliefs, and so I know that you you share with me that that you kind of uh, ha- like the idea of Buddhism and Stoicism. If you wouldn't mind just kind of sharing with, with the audience uh, what it is about those two things, and Buddhism is a little bit more, I guess, well-known uh, in a sense, but Stoicism is something that I believe every leader, every person looking to accomplish anything needs to study. So if you wouldn't mind maybe shedding a little bit of light on what Stoicism is.
1: Yeah, sure. So so first this this uh um, my own background a little bit. I was raised um I was raised Catholic um loosely. I mean in in uh to some extent sort of a twice a year Catholic, although I did CCD and and um catechism and those things growing up. Um but that was replaced as I grew older. That was replaced. Um I think I think the things that I got out of religion were replaced by the things that I got out of other people, right? Um mm. the inspiration that that uh um, the inspiration that I needed, I got from other people, that foundation that I think everybody needs to base, um, everyone needs to have some sort of foundation, something you can go to no matter what, something you can go to that's always going to be there, whether that's religion. For me, um, it, it, it was and has been um, family and other people. That's kind of what I've chosen to put my faith in is this, this idea that, that together we can do the, the sort of the right thing. Um, the ideas from stoicism and Buddhism, which for my purposes, um, I look at Buddhism less as a religion than I do as a way to find meaning in life and a way to deal with, with, uh, um, with life on a daily basis. Um, the stoicism is just a lot of understanding. Um, and I get, let me back up a little bit. I think both of these I have taken to apply, um, or lean on in times of diversity uh, and just sort of um, as a basis to go to when maybe things aren't quite going your way, um, or when when you find things that are outside of your control. If, if you're someone who's a Type A personality, again, someone who who um, I think you probably are, and, and your listeners as well, people who are doers who want to get things done, um, who are very proactive, um, take control of their lives, and really want to want to affect some sort of change, and then you realize that there are just sometimes there are things that are outside of your control, mm-hmm. no matter how hard you work, um, no matter how much you prepare, there are going to be things that happen that, that um, that either you didn't anticipate or you just can't control. And so for me, both Buddhism and Stoicism or some of the lessons that come with it have been a way to deal with that. Um, so the Stoicism first is just this idea that you control the things that you can, um, and then you accept the things that, that you can't control um, and how you respond to them. There are, there are a lot of, 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 uh, um, of olden day Stoics. Um, for me, there's, there's a guy named Admiral Stockdale that I would recommend or commend your audience to Google and read some of his commentary on Stoicism. He was a Navy Admiral who was imprisoned in Vietnam, um, for four or five years, uh, was in the Hanoi Hilton. and, And he's got a couple of very, um, very relevant. And I think a little bit more, more current, uh, pieces of work just on stoicism and how he dealt with some of the adversity that comes from being a prisoner of war. Um, and just sort of realizing what things, uh, I mean, you don't really have a choice in how you respond to, or you don't have a choice in in how you can control, but you do have a choice in how you respond. Uh, I think, I think embracing some of these ideas of stoicism as a leader also helps you just sort of keep calm in the storm. Um, there are going to be things that you are afraid of. There are going to be things that cause you concern. There are going to be things that are outside of your control, but how you respond to that says so much about you as a leader. And when people are watching you, when people are looking to you for inspiration and guidance um, and how to react, um, if you're the type of leader who can respond evenly um, whenever there's a crisis, you can recognize when you need to impose a sense of urgency when things are truly important, but you always just have your wits about you. Um, th- that just, that's To me, that's the mark, uh, one of a few marks of a true leader is someone who is – is uh, is I can always look to if I'm sort of – if I feel like I might be losing it a little bit or if this might be a situation that is something that I'm not familiar with and I might be a little bit taken off guard, I can look to that leader. Um, and if he or she has embraced stoicism on some level, I can tell that, all right, this guy seems like he's pretty cool right now. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to take a breath and I'm going to be calm as well. And I'm going to take some of my cues from him um, or her. I I think that's uh, the part of Stoicism that I think is most relevant to leadership. Um, the The Buddhist part is almost a little bit a little bit opposite, but I think if you dig a little bit deeper, it, there there are a lot of things that that overlap. Um, and I would say two things that have resonated most with me most um, about about Buddhism or about Buddhist philosophy. One is this idea of just saying yes to everything. Um, this isn't the idea, this isn't the notion of of uh, um, being a daredevil or someone you know, willing to accept every dare. Yeah, not it's, like Jim Carrey's yes man. <laughs> no, 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 not like that, right. This is the notion of internally um, just saying yes to every particular situation or everything that confronts you. Um, understanding that you're just accepting it. This is just something, this is something else that has presented itself to me. I'm going to say yes to it and I'm going to accept it and I'm going to address it Um, as opposed to saying no to it, to denying its existence, um, to avoiding whatever this particular conflict might be or whatever this particular obstacle might be. I'm just going to say yes to it. Um, I'm going to recognize that it's there and I'm going to figure out um, how to address it, whether that's going to be go around it or find some teammates to help me resolve it, um, to drive right through it, whatever it is, just this idea of, of whatever situation life presents you just say, yes, you know, that's just something that life has handed you and, and figure out a way to, uh, to work through it. Um, the other thing, uh, I said, two things that have resonated most with me, um, uh, from Buddhist philosophy and the other one is actually the, um, the alleged, the alleged last thing that Buddha said just before he died. And it was essentially this, that all compound things decay, uh, work out your own salvation with diligence. Mm. So you can look at this a lot of different ways. For me, it is, it is look, everything Everything decays. Everything living dies at some point um, in, in some form or fashion, whether that's, that's a moral decay, whether it's a physical decay, uh, whether something just sort of runs its course, um, anything that humans uh, or anything that has a compound basis is going to decay. Like it's going to go away at some point. It's just a reality of, of the rhythms of life. Um, the second part of that is work out your own salvation with diligence. So if the first part of that is true is that everything eventually is going to run its course. Then what you really have to figure out is your own salvation. Like you have to figure out how you are going to go through life personally, how you're going to address every sort of adversity, um, equally important, how you're going to address a success. Like how do you act when, when, um, how do you act when you're in the end zone? Or how do you act when you have won or your team has won? Do you respond with, with graciousness and dignity? Um, do you rub it in people's faces? Do you gloat? Um, you know, do you use it for nefarious purposes? Or do you just sort of, of take it as a recognition um, or in recognition that this is a good thing that happened to, to me um, along with all the other people who got me here? That, that's how I take that particular uh, sentiment from from uh, from Buddha, but I think that that has been something that I've been able to go to both in times of adversity and times of success as well.
0: Yeah, man, there's just so much goodness there. I love the idea of of just saying yes to every situation. It's funny that you bring that up because uh, this is something that I that I heard probably a month ago, and I've been really actively trying to do in my life is, is to say yes to every situation. And then also to say thank you. And it's helped me tremendously. And so for any of you listening, please give this a try. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. It really makes things easier. Instead of trying to fight it, that just makes the situation worse in my experience and what I've found. And just to be able to say yes to these things. I think that's such great advice. And then also, you know, the the stoicism thinkers, you know, you have the old school guys like Seneca and Marcus Aurelius, and, and I'll link to all those guys in the show notes. Uh, but that admiral is someone that Tim Ferriss recommends. Um, and, you know, you recommending as well, obviously, is a great source that people can go to to learn more. So thank you very much, Jay, for sharing that. And then I want to kind of segue into the adversity section, um, or the topic of adversity. And so, you mentioned a few things that you do during uh, times of adversity. Are there any other things that you personally do, uh, particularly in times of adversity, to help you get through the tough times?
1: Yeah, so so a few things. Um, one, I would talk um, maybe just sort of a reference to, to pop culture, but also I just think it's something uh, – actually, maybe even let, me, let me back up even a little bit more. And that's this idea of – I love that you said Tim Ferriss. Um, Admiral Stockdale actually ran for, I first uh, um, learned about him several years ago. He was a vice presidential candidate, I think on Ross Perot's ticket mm. sometime in the 80s. And he failed colossally. Um, <laughs> he, he just, I mean, the vice presidential debate was just a debacle for for Stockdale. And you have this guy who had been a legitimate war hero and a, and a guy who had already written at that point um, these two pieces on, on stoicism and to see this guy arguably fail on this sort of global stage. Um, but knowing what an amazing individual he was in other circumstances was in some ways very humbling, but also in some ways made him, um, that much more real, right. And that much more of an important figure. Um, this relates a little bit to, to this idea of adversity, because here you have this guy who was, uh, had faced probably the most, you know, you can't imagine too many other more adverse, adverse circumstances than being a prisoner of war, Um, for, I think for five or six years and and being tortured and and deprived of his family and his freedom and everything else. Yet he experiences this completely different kind of adversity when he's put on this very public stage of running for vice president. So I would say a couple things, um, in that same, along those same ideas of, of, of learn from other people and read. And if you have a great idea, if you see something on Tim Ferriss or you hear something great on this podcast, then share it with your friends. Like don't hog your good ideas. Um, make sure that if you learn something great, then, then, uh, or something that moves you, then share it with someone else and really spread that, um, sp- I mean, spread that love. If something, something resonates with you, then get it out to other people so that they can learn from it as well. So, um, part of this adversity thing is, is, uh, a few years ago, I'm sure you're familiar with it and, um, probably your listeners as well. Um, David Foster Wallace gave a, uh, commencement address for Kenyon college and the, Um, David Foster uh, uh, Wallace is an author who has um, written uh, a few things. Um, My favorite is a piece called A Supposedly Fun Thing I Will Never Do Again, um, which is worth Googling and reading. Um, But the theme of his commencement address was this is water. And the premise was that you have uh, these two young fish swimming in the ocean, and they swim by an older fish who says to them, uh, good morning, boys, how's the water? And these two younger fish say, what is water? The idea is that that we we need to take a step back and realize that there's this whole other world around you that that you might not, um, you've been walking through every day and you might not necessarily be paying the right kind of attention to. So you have these two young fish who are swimming in water but they don't even know really what that water is. Um, so the adversity notion or this this how to deal with adversity idea is that whatever you think you're feeling as a particular adverse circumstance or something's gotten you down, there's always going to be someone who has, um, is also going under adversity and perhaps has gone through something, uh, or is going through something so much more adverse, um, that they at least deserve the benefit of the doubt when you're interacting with them. This is not to say that your own adversity is, should be minimized. Um, and, and me having gone through my own adverse circumstances, this is one of the things I realized is that, that uh, I had grown up, um, I'd grown up largely in a single family or single parent home, and largely uh, sort of at or near the poverty line. And and throughout my successful military career, just other successes I'd had, I'd use that as this touchstone of of well, I've been through these adverse circumstances, and I and I've been through a tough situation. Therefore, I'm not going to sweat the small stuff. Right, everything after that is easy um and frankly it had been something that that i had said to people who worked for me if they were concerned about a particular situation i would i would frequently respond back with don't sweat the small stuff and this is small but then you face something that's that's true adversity and it changes your perspective of of not only um what what you thought adversity was and how you dealt with it and how you're dealing with your current adversity but also just just a reminder that that everyone deals with things differently um Adverse situations mean different things to different people, and people have different thresholds as to what they can withstand, and, and um, you know, just different things are are, uh, impor- are more important to some people and less important to others. And as a leader, whether you're an entrepreneur or you're trying to start a business or really just interacting with other humans on a daily basis, mm-hmm. recognition that that um, you know everybody every day is 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 probably experiencing some sort of hardship. That may be really, really difficult for you and it may be almost comically easy for you, but that doesn't mean that it's the same for that, for that, uh, for that other person. Um, and just having this idea, this appreciation that I need to relate with this other person that I'm, I'm I am interacting with uh, on the highway, um, I'm interacting with at the grocery store or someone I interact with on a daily basis, that's, that's really important to me and I've, I've sensed something a little bit different uh, about them today. Just to sort of identify what it is that, that that person's going through, to not minimize it, um, to not maximize it, but just appreciate that this is an adverse situation and you know, you're there for that person to uh to help them work their way through it.
0: Yeah, and I mean at, at the bottom, the bottom line of it all is, you know, we're all humans going through this experience called life together. And I think it's so funny when people try to Make life more difficult on other people, or you know, for me, the, the thing that I've been focusing on a lot lately is gossip and trying to minimize yeah. my gossip and trying to help make those close to me, uh, close around me, try to make them realize what, how much they do it. Because, I mean, you, you know, as well as I do, and everyone listening, I mean, social media and that, that forum for speaking Absolutely. has just totally blown up. And people now, I think, are are more prone to say things that they wouldn't say um you know about other people in, in, in these different medias and mediums because there there's less consequences that it's not a face-to-face interaction. And so just to understand and, and be aware of other people's adverse situations, I think is, is great advice that that I'm going to definitely heed a lot more. And anybody listening out there, please Pick this stuff up because it really does make a huge difference and, and impact in your situation.
1: I, I think that's uh, um, I think it's hugely important. And I think you're right on as well. The, the thing that I I've if I find myself uh, gossiping or even if I'm around someone else who's who's uh, gossiping, I think I would offer up two things. One is that if you address that person directly um, and you, if you just sort of shame them then you're almost doing the same thing that they're doing by gossiping, right? You right. are, a, right? So it, it's just not a constructive way to deal with it. But what I, what I do find is a constructive way to deal with it. Uh, and this ties in a little bit with, um, I think with being a leader or if you're, you're starting your own business or, or just, just trying to find meaning out of life or as you talk about interacting with, with uh, humanity in general is asking a couple questions. Is One is what does that do for you? Like what sort of joy does that bring you? Um, because frequently I think the gossip is that either my life is boring or I have things going on in my life that I'm not happy about. And so I'm going to talk about someone else because for a moment that makes me feel just slightly superior. So that's the first thing is, 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 um, is, do you feel happy about what it is, whatever it is that you're talking about? Sort of identifying, um, why that person is choosing to gossip. And the other is, um, the other is what else could you be doing at that particular moment, right? What what could you be doing instead of talking about someone else? What could you be doing yourself to make yourself better, um, to raise up either yourself or those around you? So instead of obsessing over Facebook or, or um, posting or whatever it might be, I mean, just reading something, right, or sharing an inspiring video mm-hmm. or, or, or listening to this podcast or sharing a Tim Ferriss podcast or, or hey, I you know, that reminds me. You're talking bad about this particular person. Something in that triggers something in my brain where I can say, it's funny you say that. I just read this piece the other day. Let me share it with you. I'm going to email it to you real quick. Um, as, As easy as it is to access things like Facebook and to bully or shame other people online, that same exact tool, your iPhone or your iPad, that exact same tool can give you immediate access to something important that you can share with someone else that you can say, you talked about that. That reminded me of Seneca. Let me send you this link to a Seneca podcast, something like that.
0: I think that's great clarification. I think it really is important in the ways you go about it because you don't just want to go say, hey, don't don't gossip. It's not good. It's not healthy because people are then going to not want to spend time with you and they're going to end up probably gossiping uh, about you behind your back. Right. But yeah, it's if you go about it the right way, and I think, man, you you laid out a method that I haven't really honed in on yet and so I'm definitely going to take that and and start utilizing it because that really it, it, it seems like such a foolproof way because you can kind of make the other person aware of what they're speaking about not really saying hey this is what you're saying but say hey well you know what what you're saying does that how does that make you feel you know what do you get from saying that I think this that's great advice thank you so much Jay for sharing and Man, I mean, we could go so many different places right now uh, in this show, and, and we kind of skimmed over just a couple minor things uh, in your background. You know, you were a a, a helicopter pilot um, in the army. I mean, you you went to airborne school. Um, you are now a lawyer. I mean, you have all these things going on. I mean, it seems that you are a very uh, you that you are a very resilient person, and that you have this internal drive uh, that you know. It doesn't seem like. Can really be taught or or learned. so you know what is it about this this resilience this drive that you have and uh you know what do you do on a daily basis to kind of keep that going i mean we all come up against situations or periods of time in our life where things just don't seem to be going our way but what is it about you that that you continue to press and push forward uh to the next thing that you're trying to accomplish i think
1: um a, a few things one is is uh almost like a shameless optimism, but even in my sort of lowest points, um, and also a lack of of aggressive behavior, which I think sometimes is mm. is detrimental, right i don't mean aggressive yeah. in the sense of like starting a fight. I mean aggressive in the sense of here 's how i 'm going to attack this particular problem I'm going to go after this right now I'm gonna, I mean almost like a, a Tiger Woods or a Michael Jordan um, or a Lance Armstrong type of aggressiveness or competitiveness. Um, I I don't have that. What I do have, um, is, is a genuine belief in, in humanity, um, a genuine need to be around people that, that I've identified as, um, uh, people who make me feel good about being uh, a human, whether that's my, my family and the people I love, or, or even just coming across, um, people who, uh, you know, you and your, your colleague JT, like, like, here's people who are trying to do something at a relatively young age to make other people better. I mean, find different ways where you can associate yourself with, with people who are just trying to do good around them. So if if you're finding adversity or if you're interacting with people who are negative um, or are making you feel bad about yourself, then you've got to change your situation and you've got to find people who make, make you feel good about yourself. Um, For me, it has been, we talked a little bit about, religion at the beginning. Um, I I know, um, plenty of people, as I'm sure you do, who, who find, um, God in whatever religious vehicle as, as their touchstone, that's the foundation that in their mind is unshakable. And that's what they go to in times of adversity. Um, for me, after going through, uh, after going through adversity, what I've realized, it's, it's almost been like a confirmation or affirmation to me that the things that I found important when I was very young, um, when, when someone else told me that I was a leader and I realized that, man, I think maybe I am and maybe that's something that makes me feel good uh, and trying to decide what it was about that that made me feel good. For me, it has been relevance. I, I just, I want to be, I have this drive to be relevant. I, I don't want to have, I don't want to be, be the person who doesn't have anything going on. Um, I don't want to be the person who, when someone asks me for help or when I recognize that someone could could use my help, I don't want to be the person who doesn't have the the tools or the ability to actually go help that person. I, I want to be the guy who says I can do that. Um, I have experience doing that. Uh, or if I don't have experience doing it, I know someone who does and I'm going to go find them and, and we're going to, you know, together we're going to sort of make the situation uh, better. That makes me sound like I'm codependent. Maybe I have a problem, Philip. <laughs> I have some codependency issues going on. Um, no. No, I, I I just think it's, I just think it's relevancy. Just, that's that's what's been um, that's how I have resolved uh, to address, or I guess what has buoyed my resiliency is that I know it's important to me, and I'm going to whatever obstacles are in my way. I'm going to continue to focus my efforts um, towards being relevant to to someone else.
0: Yeah, and and, and I totally agree that um, you know being relevant doesn't you know doing it in a way to help other people. And and doing it in a way to make other people better is is such an incredible thing that I think if everyone kind of took to and and tried to to take that avenue um, just to kind of push themselves forward, I think would really make this world a different place. Because if you're not relevant, you aren't going to be able to help the next person. And so just like yourself, that is something – I don't know that I've ever framed it in that way, but I've definitely – I definitely feel the same way because, you know, when I go out to places, I mean, even to a place, for instance, um, I go to this coffee shop quite a bit and I've made it a point to, to get to know the owner. And just recently, I had a young gentleman who wanted to get into the coffee business. And there I was, I had a connection to give to him and now he works for that coffee shop. And so if I wasn't relevant, staying relevant, having relevancy in that area, I wouldn't have been able to help this gentleman. And so I think that's something that people maybe don't think too much about in terms of, you know, being uh, a help to other people. But I think it really is important and uh, it it is relevant to to have that because you are able to help people. If you are in the know, if you if you have connections or like you hit on, if you are able to go out and get the connections, I think that's hugely important to helping other people in, in making a big impact in that way.
1: Yeah. I I agree. And, and, you know, that that's going to, it's a little cliche, but that, that is going to be paid forward, right? At some point, yeah. the guy that you just helped, I and mean, then you were willing to help because you saw that, that, um, that he needed it or that he asked for it or that he could use it. Um, he had this drive and desire and he just didn't need an outlet for it. At some point, that guy's going to come across someone. He'll be in a position where he can do the same thing for someone else.
0: Yep. 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 I totally Absolutely. agree. And that's the hope is that people are going to pay it forward because that's that's why I do it. And I'm sure that that's why you do what you do as well. And I, I want to hit on one more thing that, that you're that you've got going on right now before we kind of transition into the rapid fire portion of the show. But you also so on top of, you know, having been in the army for twenty or so years and, and being a lawyer, you also have this this travel blog that you write. And so where does your love for travel stem from, and what prompted you to kind of take on this this other avenue um outside of being a lawyer to have this this travel blog where you have a ton of beautiful pictures on your site? Thank you very much for uh one thank you for saying that and two
1: thanks for taking <laughs> um taking a look at it so that that thing started as as uh, as I had traveled a lot throughout the military I would send back some mass emails and I had a friend um you know this this is this is going to loop back a little bit to saying yes to, to everything. Um, I had written, uh, pieces that I would just send back to a select group of friends. And at some point, someone, one of those friends said, Hey, this, this writing is really good. If you don't post it, then I'm going to, like, I'm going to start. (laughs) Right. So, so I started, uh, so I started that blog, um, the on the road with Jose, the Jose is actually, that was my name when I was born. It was Jose, not Joseph. Um, so I use it as sort of a uh, um, a little bit to be anonymous. I mean, it's still me, but it's there's a little bit of anonymity when I get to use someone else's name. Um, so the say yes part of it is one this person saying if uh, if you don't post it, I'm going to. The second part is that that I'm a very um, I'm a very confident person in almost everything that I do. Uh, to the extent that even if I have no clue what I'm doing, I'm comfortable knowing that I have no clue what I'm doing. And I'm more than happy to make a fool of myself to sort of try something new. Um, that stops at writing for whatever reason. <laughs> I'm, I'm always I'm very self-conscious about the things that I write. And I am very um, – every time I hit post on, on something that I've written and it goes out to this uh, – it goes out to whoever is, is willing to read it. I mean it's the, the internet in general. Um, I'm saying yes to this, this very – this fear and this, this sort of sense of inadequacy that I have that I'm not a very good writer. And I've posted this thing for all the world to see, and and uh, I can't go back and change it. I can't pretend I didn't say it. It's all right there. Um, but I say yes to it. I recognize that this is something that that I want to do. This is the person I wanted to be when I was younger, was someone who who was able to um, travel around and to talk to new people and share other people's stories, right? To try and try and find a commonality in in human beings around the world, no matter what their upbringing was or what country they lived in, or what sort of culture they were brought up in, that there were these sort of things that would resonate with everyone. Um, and that, you know, frankly, people are are people around the world, that no matter what differences we have, that it's, it's with a smile and saying thank you, as you pointed out at the beginning of this uh, podcast, you, you can interact with anybody on the planet. Um, so just, I think, a desire, one, to put myself in those types of environments that really made me feel... Um, good. That made me feel like I had some meaning. But two to say yes to this thing that I was afraid of um, writing something down and and putting it on the uh, putting it on the Internet with my my name attached to it. Um, this is just sort of a, a marriage of two things that that were both important to me and and uh, made me feel good and also made me address. Um, practice what I preach and addressing this this uh, this notion of saying yes to everything.
0: Yeah, and it's as you know, and as I'm sure a lot of you listening to this know, it's when you put yourself in in, in uncomfortable situations that's where you uh, inevitably grow the most. And so oh. I've I found that with myself, and, and even doing this podcast. I mean, we are uh, we're over seventy episodes now, and I can't even believe it. But it's I, you know this just started in, as an idea, and I was when I clicked send on that first one, I was so like. Sure. I was almost embarrassed for uh, the future me when someone was gonna, you know, tell me off for for doing a terrible job. I don't even know. It's just it's an interesting feeling, but it does help you grow in ways that you never thought you could. And I'm telling you, the the content on there is awesome. Uh, and I'm sure we're we're gonna get to your to your links at the end of the show here, but I'm just gonna plug it now. It's just jmorse.org. dot um, and that's correct, right? Right, right. That's exactly it. Awesome. Yep. So uh, we're gonna link to all that stuff in the show notes, so you guys can check out the awesome pictures and content on that site. And so Jay, real quick, before we get into the rapid fire portion, what are you working on right now? What's the next thing you're doing that you are most excited about?
1: So I, I have a uh, I have a ton of things going on. I think the one that uh, the one project that I would share is basically um, is basically leadership for lawyers. So this is kind of this leadership management. Um, idea that uh, you have this group of people who are are motivated and Type A personalities um, can <laughs> stereotypically be very egotistical, uh, and are also in a, a supreme position as an attorney. You're just in this this for better or worse. You are in this supreme position to to help people, right? To sort of bring um, bring justice to people, to lend someone else um, a voice when they might not be. In a position to to have their own, um, and we're not always very good leaders. Lawyers aren't aren't always very good leaders, um, but it's something that's been important to me throughout my life. Uh, it's something that that I have developed, um, have specific ideas of that I have developed throughout the army. Um, and so the uh, the specific project is is basically that is teaching uh, teaching lawyers who are in this very good very good position to be um, leaders within the community how to be a better leader, just cause you went to law school. Doesn't necessarily mean you're a good leader. Um, but sometimes we think we are, uh, <laughs> but my idea is just to, to help people, uh, to help people get there.
0: Yeah. I think, man, t- there's no field or at least none that I've come across that isn't in dire need of more leaders and, and leaders who are, who are going yeah. to do the right thing because we, we, I don't I'm, I'm not going to say we, but I know for me personally, I, I see and have seen a lot of leaders in positions, um, that they probably shouldn't have gotten to, I don't know how they do, but they, they lead from a negative place. And, uh, we are seriously in, in, in a major need of, of, of leaders who are going to, to do the right thing. So I think, man, that is, that is such an awesome thing that you're doing. Thank you very much. All right, Jay, let's dive into the rapid fire portion here. So I'm just going to ask you some short form questions and you can respond however short or long you'd like. And my first question for you is when you think of the word success, who is the first person that comes to mind?
1: Oh man. Um, I'm going to say my little sister.
0: Okay,
1: Uh, I have four sisters. I'm going to go with the youngest one. And let me, I would first qualify that or quantify it by, by saying, um, you have to define success right that's a loaded question mm. i'm not going to say and don't want to say michael jordan or or whomever else because i think i think some of those ultra competitive personalities find success at a great expense and i think that unhappiness probably drives those guys uh right this this desire to be the best is not necessarily a happy feeling so yeah, for I me that, that's, that's some, yeah so for me success is not somebody else not someone who's the richest or someone who is um, at the top of their field, but rather someone who is able to overcome an obstacle um, or someone someone who is able to find themselves in a particular situation and just recognize that um, here's what's important to me and I'm going to figure out a way to get to that goal. So I, I have a younger sister who uh, ran into – um, just experience some of her own adversity or obstacles that she didn't necessarily anticipate and, and could have responded one way, but instead chose to respond by saying yes, saying this is what I've been dealt with and I'm going to do my best to uh, um, I'm going to do my best to learn from it and to make a good life for myself. And so to me, that's successful. Somebody who can recognize that that um, they've been uh, they've been an obstacle has been put in their way and, and they react to it by figuring out a way to make the best possible situation out of it.
0: Yep. I'm totally in agreement with you. That's the, that's a great answer. And, and Jay, uh, what is the one book or books? It it can be multiple books that, that you recommend to people the most or gift to people the most.
1: Oh man. As I said earlier, like one of my pet peeves, or if I were not a pet peeve, because I want to be positive, if I wanted (laughs) to share a mantra with somebody, it would be don't hog a good idea. So anytime this notion of, I have, I I've come across this great idea and I want to hide it and protect it because I don't want anyone else to experience success. Um, anytime you have a good, just share your good idea. Um, you're not going to experience true success and true joy uh, with your idea, whatever it is, unless that idea has meaning anyway. Right. I mean that mm-hmm. you're, you're, whether you're starting a new business or, or this podcast, um, whatever you, whatever venture you are throwing yourself into, if you want success and you want to be happy, then it's got to have some meaning and, and I just don't think you're going to have any meaning unless you share that with other people. So if you have a good book or you see a great passage, uh, I'm sorry, you see a great movie or or a poem or or whatever it is, like share it with somebody. So I love the idea. I love that question of of what I share. I don't think I have any one particular thing. I will tell a few of, of my favorites that I absolutely have passed on to other people. Um, one is uh, the first um the first biography of president Teddy Roosevelt by a guy named Edmund Morris. There's three of them, but the first one, uh, will just, um, it, it's, it's a fascinating look at a, an incredible president and an incredible human being and a guy who had some, uh, physical adversity when he was younger. Um, and was just a guy who was capable of, of monumental amounts of, uh, of, uh, projects and, and success. I'm just a, so, so the, First bio by Edmund Morris of President Roosevelt. The other one I would I would probably that I probably have shared the most often recently is a book called um, The uh, War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. He wrote another. He's written a bunch of great books. Um, One was uh, um, uh, essentially the book, or essentially the the movie Three Hundred was based off of one of the books he he wrote. But he's got a very short book that you can read in short increments as you are uh, going to bed. Um, it's just a great sort of life adjustment, uh, or, or, uh, daily adjustment called the The war of art by Stephen Pressfield.
0: Yeah. Great. You know, he's a great author and I I'm spacing on the name of that book, but I I have it on my bookshelf, uh, somewhere in the other room. It's, it's a fan. I think it's like. Um, the art, uh, so, oh man, I, I can't even, I'll, I'll look at it and I'll, I'll link to it in the show notes for those of you listening who are interested, but yes, it, it is the book that, uh, the th- movie 300 was based on. It's a fantastic read. It's, He's a great author, a
1: terrific, terrific book. And it's, it's, uh, it's slightly, actually it's probably very fictionalized, but, but, um, it's a, actually it's a great leadership book as well.
0: Fantastic. And we'll, we'll definitely be linking to all that stuff, uh, in the show notes for those of you interested And so, uh, with some more content, uh, Jay, what podcast or online resource like a YouTube channel or something along those lines, uh, do you recommend to people often?
1: Um, Ted talks for sure. Uh, there's, um, there's a terrific one by a woman named Brene Brown who talks about, um, uh, just sort of, um, look up Brene Brown, I guess, B-R-E-N-E-B-R-O-W-N is a a great, um, Mm -hmm. A great uh, podcast or a great TED talk basically on vulnerability um big history is one that I've been listening to a lot lately uh, is another great one um you you mentioned uh Tim Ferriss is fantastic he he brings on some pretty amazing people mm-hmm. um, you know if for creative people, there's a guy named uh Mark Marone who's a stand up comedian but does a pretty great podcast where he interviews other comedians and it's it's good to talk to those guys. Uh, it's something that's very foreign, I think, to what obviously the most, most of the rest of the world does, but to hear some, how people go about two things. One is the creative process, um, of, uh, um, for example, of writing a joke, right? In, in what other business is, is every single word so important? Every word has, is valuable. Every word has meaning. And to hear a professional comic talk about how he writes a joke or how she tells a joke Um, and thinks about things like timing um, and delivery and the importance of individual words, I think has a lot of carryover into people are just trying to be creative in general and everybody should be trying to be creative, right? Whatever you're, whatever you are doing, um, you're creating something. So, so Mark Marone, M-A-R-O-N. And the other thing that, that you learn when you talk to or when you listen to comedians is how, how insecure, like you and I talk about, putting something out there on the internet. I mean, a comedian gets up there and is supposed to be trying to make people laugh. Like nothing just lays you bare to humiliation and criticism more than, uh, standing on a stage and trying to make people laugh. But, but these comedians do it, uh, day after day. And it's, it's very interesting to listen to how they, um, deal with, with, uh, adversity and how they're resilient. Um, and how once they've decided that this is what they want to do and who they want to be, um, how they focus on uh, trying to find some success.
0: Yeah, I'm, man, I'm super intrigued. I'm definitely going to have to check that out myself because I've, I've yet to, to hear about that show, but thank you so much for sharing because I, I am so intrigued by that process and you're right. It's just every single word makes, makes such a big difference when it comes to getting across what they're trying to get across. And, and I think it definitely has some, some awesome carryover for anyone who's in any artistic field, which like you said, is it should be everybody. We're all here trying to create or innovate or do something different or, you know, update something that's already in place. And so I think that's a place where all of us can can gain a little bit of knowledge. And so my last question for you, Jay, is uh, if you had to do one part of your daily or morning routine for the rest of your life, if you couldn't do any other parts of that routine, what would the one part be and why?
1: Oh... You know, I, it's almost a trick question. I hate to give the longer answer, but I'm going to the first, the short answer is eat breakfast. I, 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 breakfast is my favorite meal of the day. And after traveling to, um, 50 something countries, nobody else does breakfast as good as America. So if you need something to do your, have your go America moment, it's breakfast. So that that's the one part of the routine, I guess, that I, I, I would not change, but I, I don't, Actually, have like a specific daily routine. So probably four or five days a week, I will try to get up uh, or I will get up and I will try to meditate um, for anywhere from 10 to 20 minutes. Uh, Sometimes I'll work out in the mornings. Um, I work out almost every day, uh, probably five, probably five or six days a week. Sometimes I'll do it in the morning. Um, I'm not, despite the fact that I was in the military so long, um, I'm not necessarily a routine guy other than, than breakfast and coffee. Um, I like the idea of trying to change things up every now and then and trying to learn something new or try something new. Um, So I guess maybe the longer sort of uh, chickening out answer is um, the
0: routine I would have the rest of my life is to not have a routine. I love it. I think that's – that speaks to to something different than uh than we're used to hearing on the show because I think a, a lot of the people that we've spoken to, especially um former military or current military, they they do have this this very regimented routine life. And I think obviously you would know coming uh you know, having twenty years of service, I mean that's something that kind of gets ingrained into you. But I also think there's such a benefit to not constricting yourself and saying I have to do X, Y, and Z today, otherwise today, you know, hasn't been a complete day. I think there's a lot of freedom in that. And I think there's a lot of creative expression that can flow from that.
1: It's it's harder to say yes to everything. When when you think that no, no, if this thing is outside of my routine, then I have to say no to it. Um, yep, you want to be able to sort of, you know, say yes to
0: everything. Yep, I, I'm I'm in total agreement with you, Jay. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Jay, real quick, where can people find out more about you and what you're up to? Philip, I would ask people to probably go to Jay Morse, J A Y M O
1: R S E dot org. Um, not only because uh, um, I like the idea of, of uh, exposing myself and the things I've written and things I've taken pictures of to criticism, um, but also I like hearing from people who think that uh, maybe it moved them um, or they found it uh, they found it good or interesting or inspiring. So jmorse.org. My email is on the bottom of that. People can go there as, as, uh,
0: as well. Fantastic. Jay, thanks again. I know I personally have gained so much from this conversation and I have no doubt that the listeners have gained an immense wealth of knowledge from this conversation as well. Philip, I thank
1: you for letting me be, uh, be part of that, part of this. And, um, same thing back to you, like to know that, uh, to know that, um, you and your colleagues are doing such an impressive thing at a young age. And, and I think most importantly, and probably most maturely is trying to help other people, like not just looking out for yourselves, but, um, trying to share some goodness with, uh, with everyone
0: else is a, is a, uh, impressive thing. So thank you for what you're doing. I appreciate it, Jay. I really appreciate it guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you next time. If you guys enjoyed that episode, please let us know. Find us at Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. We're going to be at Yield Mastermind on all those platforms. Check out our website, YieldMastermind.com. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, all those platforms. Please reach out to us. Let us know if you like the show. Let us know if you're loving the content. Please write us a review on iTunes if you feel the desire to. We really appreciate hearing from our audience and really understanding if you guys are loving what you're hearing or if you guys would like to hear something totally different. We're always open to that stuff. Thanks for listening. We hope you are enjoying this show as much as we are, and we can't wait for you guys to tune in next next time